0: need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now here's your host, Price Atkinson.
1: We are underway. The 2019 college football season kicked off in a big way. Last weekend is Army, Navy, and Air Force all winners in their season openers at home. We're going to get to that and so much more on this episode. Episode number four, season three, Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. I'm your host, Price Atkinson. Thank you to everybody right now for hitting that play button on your smartphone, on your desktop, wherever you are, but for listening to another episode of Yards and Stripes, where all we talk is Army, Navy, and Air Force football during the college football season one episode a new one coming at you every single week and if you want to take the time to subscribe i would really really appreciate it as you can have a new episode delivered right to you without having to go and look for it every single week apple Podcasts, stitcher google play spotify many different ways to listen to the podcast every single week you just go to yards and stripes uh, in the search engine just search right there give us a follow on facebook and twitter at Yards and Stripes. I push out the links right there every single week as they become live. But uh, just, you know, thank you to everybody that makes the podcast. What it is every single week is, man, we are underway. We are officially underway. We're going to recap all three wins. Army's nail-biter down-to-the-wire win over Rice. Navy's win over Holy Cross. And certainly Air Force walloping Colgate out there in Colorado Springs as all three teams win their openers this weekend. We're going to talk with our feature guest this week, Phil McConkey, the former Navy wide receiver, went on to play several seasons in the National Football League for several teams, including the New York Giants, where he caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl Twenty One, a huge play there so Phil McConkey, who we had on, is a guest last year. Uh, he's now the president of Academy Securities out in San Diego. He's going to join us again, but he's going to talk about uh, this last Friday night in Annapolis, a star-studded affair honoring the Navy uh, head coaches, the late, great George Welch and Rick Forzano, two head coaches uh, that... that Two of the best ever at Navy, especially uh, George Welch, uh, that passed away earlier this season, when a, within a week of each other. Uh, Coach George Welch, a, a 1955 graduate. Of the Naval Academy, second winning as head coach of all time in Navy history behind, obviously, now head coach Kenny Amatololo, who was an All-American, finished third in the Heisman ballot. And then Rick Forzano, who was an assistant at Navy, but then came back to serve as head coach from 1969 to 72 is where George Welch then uh, took over for Rick Forzano when Forzano left to go to the National Football League. So Phil McConkey's just going to join us, and he's going to share some about the incredible night that included Bill Belichick uh, and, and many others who – who came and attended the event. So um, he can't wait to bring that to you. Certainly we'll recap the games, and we'll look ahead to our loan game this coming weekend. We'll do that um, a little bit later and wrap up the episode of the podcast like we do with our Travis Mannion Foundation Honor Roll. Looking forward to doing that segment at the very end as we honor a fallen service member who has given the ultimate sacrifice to our country. And so we will do that at the very end as we put a bow on another episode of Yards and Stripes. So let's go ahead and get to the recaps how it all went down last Saturday, starting with Army and Rice. Hut, hut, hike. Yes, indeed. The Army Black Knights hosting the Rice Owls on Friday night, season opener at Mikey Stadium. And the Army Black Knights have to withstand an incredible challenge from the Owls before prevailing 14-7 to 7, uh, thanks to a Kelvin Hopkins to Kel Walker 17-yard touchdown pass with under four minutes to go. But nevertheless, the Army Black Knights now winners of 14 straight games at home and 10 straight overall, second longest active winning streak in college football behind only the defending national champion, Clemson Tigers. And, you know, in a game where Connor Slomka, one of the more experienced, certainly, uh, members of the offensive backfield for the Army Black Knights, he was unable to go due to a pull muscle. So Kelvin Hopkins Jr. had to shoulder a whole lot of load in this football game for The Black Knights, and it was a rice defense that really came to play, only giving up uh, 284 yards uh, to Army, including 231 on the ground that Army rushed for, just barely over four yards per attempt. Army did put the ball on the ground only one time, only after losing just five fumbles last season. But ball security, another big part of the game is Army, they get on the board first. In the second quarter, a nine-minute, 48-yard drive, 16 plays, 95 yards off the clock. It'd be the first of another nine-minute drive, but the first one of the game uh, is Kelvin Hopkins Jr. scores from two yards out uh, to give Army a early 7-0 lead, but Rice comes right back as they go four plays, 75 yards uh, in 220 as Nashawn Ellerby scores on a big 54-yard run up the middle is uh, that ties the score, 7-7 seven, seven all, 6.30 left. But it was the fourth quarter and another incredible drive by the Black Knights directed by none other than Kelvin Hopkins Jr. himself. 18 plays, 96 yards, 921 off the clock, a drive in which Army converted three five third downs in the, in the on the drive. They were 9 of 15 on third down in the game, 1 of 2 on fourth down, and they, uh, Army, which was so good on third and fourth down last year, as obviously Jeb Munkin liked to roll the dice, especially with that experience backfield last year. Uh, they get it done on five third down conversions there on the final game-winning drive as Kel Walker sneaks through finds himself open in the zone defense in the end zone untouched as Hopkins gets it to him for the game-winning score as Army improves to 1-0 and on the season including 1-0 and at home now preparing for that big showdown at number seven Michigan that we're going to talk a little bit later here on the show about as Army now will travel to Michigan this Saturday. In Colorado Springs on Saturday, the Air Force Falcons welcoming the preseason pick to win the Patriot League, the Colgate Raiders, who last week lost to Villanova, but this time coming out to Colorado Springs and Air Force, waste no time in jumping on Colgate right away as they rolled up to a 35-0 halftime lead and never looked back in the football game as the Falcons, boy, they got it done on the ground in this game, 464 yards total yards of offense. 423 of which came on the ground. The Falcons didn't even throw a pass until the third quarter, but they didn't need to as they got that ground game going as they rolled up a 48-7 win over Colgate, now improving to 13-0 in season openers under Troy Calhoun and 24-0 all times against FCS teams as they defeated Colgate. But as Milton Bug, the third, he intercepts colgate quarterback there on the very first drive of the game grant brenneman he's picked off air force cashes it in is dj hammond who won the quarterback battle over isaiah sanders dj hammond puts it in from two yards out here's how it sounded with play-by-play voice of the falcons jim arthur Hammond is under center, comes out with the football, calls his own number. Touchdown, Air Force! He goes around the left side from two yards out. Oh, DJ, and that's exactly what he can do. And that audio courtesy of the Air Force radio network. Donald Hammond, Jr. in from two yards out on the very next drive. Well, excuse me, a couple drives later, Hammond caps a nine-play 80-yard drive with a 17-yard t- touchdown run. Followed by a pair of Caden Remsburg two and six yard touchdown runs, and then uh, as Air Force gets the ball back quickly on another turnover, a one yard run by Donald Hammond the uh, third from one yard out it puts Air Force up thirty five to nothing you know at the half as Air Force in this football game they had uh, believe it was. 14 ball carriers to carry the football in the game uh, who each toted the rock for Air Force as they got a lot of bodies. Coach Calhoun did in the second half. Air Force, a a quick one-yard touchdown run by Timothy Jackson, and then Nolan Erickson, a eight-yard touchdown run late in the third quarter to go up 48 to nothing the Colgate Raiders would get uh, on the board with a 13-yard touchdown pass from Grant Brenneman there late in the third quarter but that was the game's final margin and stop me if i if you've heard this before folks that at halftime lightning in the area boy air force football cannot seem to get away from these lightning and and major storms coming through as that fans were encouraged to get to their cars to wait out the 30 minute delay but that delay did not dampen anything inside Falcon Stadium for the falcons forty eight to nothing forty eight to seven over Colgate. finally, on Saturday afternoon, the Navy Midshipmen, like Air Force hosting an opponent from the Patriot League at the f c s level and the Holy Cross Crusaders they head on back up to Massachusetts with a forty five to seven loss courtesy of Kenny Amatololo's midshipmen in a game in which the mids rolled up. Uh, four hundred over 400 yards rushing, 428 to be exact, 531 yards a of total offense, exactly 300 more than Holy Cross. And a telling statistic, a couple things that Coach Niamatololo worked to address with some new hires in the offseason and improved passing game, You know, as we talked with him in the preseason about installing some of those run-and-shoot concepts with Billy Ray Stutzman hired from Hawaii Navy finishes with 103 yards through the air that courtesy of Malcolm Perry and then defensively maybe the place that Niamatololo worked to address the most in the past in this past offseason hiring Brian Newberry away as the new defensive coordinator from Kennesaw State the Navy defense which kind of moving more to more attacking style like Army has been the last couple years the Mids had three sacks seven tackles for a loss in a force fumble. So a new, a little bit of a new look uh, certainly no, there's no little to it. That was a more of a new look defense for Navy. And then offensively ran a I thought a little bit more triple option than what Navy has run a lot more zone reads with Perry at quarterback the, the last few seasons but you know it was a great opener for the midshipmen is Nelson Smith the fullback the b-back he goes a team high 15 carries a team high 96 yards and three touchdowns in the football game uh, as he scored Navy's first touchdown of the game and then he got another one in the third in the fourth quarter Malcolm Perry finishing off the scoring for Navy in the first half, scores on a one-yard run with 10 seconds to go to give Navy a 24-7 lead at the half. It was all Navy in the the second half, as long as a Nelson Smith one-yard touchdown run and another short touchdown run late in the third quarter and then Nelson Smith with a big 49 yard run to start and open the fourth quarter for the game's final margin of 45 to 7. Afterwards, Coach Niamatololo pretty pleased with how his team opened the season and certainly, as you'll hear him say, a 3-10 campaign certainly I think, has his team appreciating the wins maybe a little bit, maybe more so in the past. Well, I
2: thought we played well today. I thought um, early on our defense, played suffocating defense, you know, huge stop after a turnover. Um, You know, we had that one drive, but other than that, I was really proud of our defense. But Coach Newberry would be the first one to tell you that (coughs) we still have a lot of room for improvement. I was pleased with Malcolm, and I thought Malcolm, you know, executed our offense well, did a lot of good things. Um, It just, you know, it's great to win. And I think You know, last year, if anything, proved that you can't take any of these for granted. And you're so grateful for every victory. You cherish them. You're grateful for them.
1: That's Ken Niamatololo talking about the 45-7 win over the Holy Cross Crusaders. Navy will now have a bye week just like Air Force will. You know what that sound means. Yep. Time to hand out our weekly game ball to the most outstanding performer of the weekend. And this one could have gone a couple different ways. Had a couple players score three touchdowns apiece. Certainly D.J. Hammond, the third. And then Nelson Smith, big days. Had a couple big plays defensively by both teams. But I think this play is the one that stands out from the opening weekend. And we'll let Rich DeMarco, the play-by-play voice of the Army Black Knights, paint the picture. Third down and eight for Army. Spotted at the Rice 17-yard line. McCoy, the fullback. One receiver to the left, Hopkins, rolls to his left, under pressure, lofts it toward the end zone, touchdown, Army! It's Kel Walker on the reception from 17 yards out, and the Black Knights have taken the lead with 3 minutes and 58 seconds to go. You heard it right there, that that audio courtesy of the Army Radio Network, Kel Walker, our weekly game ball this week, as he hauled in his second career touchdown through the air, but, Boy, his second career won first of the season from seventeen yards out from Kelvin Hopkins, Jr. Boy, it was a big one as army escaped, able to keep that winning streak alive at home, ten straight games, uh, fourteen or excuse me fourteen straight at home, ten overall uh, just a a huge play, and you know you make the argument that Kelvin Hopkins, Jr, the quarterback for the Black Knights, deserved it as much as anything, directing another long. Army drive, especially converting those five third downs on that drive. But, you know, Kel Walker's such a big play slot back for the Black Knights. I thought the way he was able to find his way through the zone defense of – Rice there uh, as the clock was winding down, and Hopkins just finds him wide open in the end zone. I thought the play, uh, give credit to Kel Walker, who gets our first game ball of the season, and our game balls every single week going to go to uh, what I mentioned before, our most outstanding player. Sometimes it might be a unit, might be a player, lots of different reasons, but Congratulations to Army's slot back senior Kel Walker on getting this week's first game ball of the season. All right, when we come back, our first guest interview, our only guest interview this week, we're going to talk with. Navy's Phil McConkie, the former wide receiver, standout, played in the National Football League, now president of Academy Securities. He was in Annapolis this past weekend to honor former Navy head coaches George Welch and Rick Forzano, both whom passed away earlier this year. So we'll hear from Phil McConkey, who's going to share some of his stories with both Navy greats when we come back right here on Episode 4, Season 3 of Yards and Stripes.
0: It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and Stripes continues. Here again is Price Atkinson. All right, welcome back to episode four of Yards and Stripes, Season
1: Three. And Okay, we're going to go out to San Diego and talk with one of the greatest ever to put on a Navy midshipman uniform, Phil McConkey, who we had on last year, and uh, talking about his career at, at playing at Navy, and then certainly as he moved on to the NFL as a 27-year-old rookie, but now the president of Academy Securities. And we're going to let Phil tell us a little bit about that uh, here in just a moment. But I know Phil, it was a special uh, fe- special night for you to be back in Annapolis, especially last Friday night, the celebration of George Wells, the coach. Rick Forzano, uh, you know, uh, two coaches, icons, greats in Navy football history that passed away within a week of each other. But, Phil, just welcome back onto the show. It's great to have you again.
2: Uh, I, I so appreciate being with you guys, and thank you so much.
1: Well, before we get into uh, to your big weekend in Annapolis, I just want you to, to touch on with what you do at Academy Securities, you know, as the president. You told us a little bit about it last year, uh, but share a little bit about what you do there based in San Diego, as I believe you guys have offices in multiple cities around the country.
2: Yeah, we do, uh, especially in New York City, uh, which is pretty much the hub. But Academy Securities is a disabled veteran investment bank. Uh, we hire transitioning veterans for careers and. In- financial services, um, you know, while serving our clients. Um, Been at it, uh, gosh, about eight or nine years now, Um, and pretty rewarding to see some of our young heroes come back and uh, get a leg up uh, on their transition to the civilian sector and uh, us being able to provide them uh, networking opportunities and mentorship and and a job, basically, in financial services. And it's uh, really appreciated by our clients fortune 500 companies or municipalities um you know we try to pair a military veteran up with a wall street veteran we think that dynamic equals a lot more than two it enables us to extract more value for our customers and uh it's uh, proven to, to, to be so over the last few years so we um you know we get to help heroes and we get to
1: help our clients absolutely and folks can check out americansecurities.com for for more information and, and as we mentioned you know you're 1979 uh, graduate of the naval academy uh, degree in a bs in engineering and then went on to to serve as a as a pilot in the us navy for for 5 years before deciding you wanted to but, trying to become a 27-year-old rookie in the NFL, which you certainly succeeded as you played for multiple teams and caught a uh, touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 21 for the New York Giants. But you know you got to, you shared a lot about your story and, 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 and how you scrapped and clawed and and fought your way and were able to get to the Naval Academy. And you know obviously you played for for Coach George Welch, who gave you that opportunity. Uh, but take us back to Friday night. You know the, the opportunity to, and the honor to be able to give a, a keynote speech, one of two of believe, on behalf of of Coach Welsh and that celebration uh, of George Welsh and Rick Forzano back at the Academy this past Friday.
2: Well, I knew it was going to be a special night to honor those two great Navy coaches, but Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was going to be an epic night uh, with Roger Staubach, Admiral Tom Lynch, and Bill Belichick taking time out of his busy schedule, as you can imagine, to go from Boston down to Annapolis. He had a preseason game Thursday night, uh, and he spent – uh, Friday evening uh, in Annapolis at this dinner. He grew up at Annapolis. His dad was there for almost fifty years as a professor and assistant football coach. I know it was real special for him and special for all involved and in, and uh, um, in, in more so for the two families, the Welsh family and the Frizzano family to have a you know standing room only event uh, and a wonderful tribute uh, to two great coaches. And to have those incredible icons from Navy's past, uh, I was just honored
1: to be uh, up there with them. Yeah, epic is what it really seemed like. It it really seemed like reading a little bit about it and, and seeing some posts. It it, it kind of was, seemed like an unofficial um, homecoming, so to speak, or you know, class reunion. Not that everybody was there, but I mean, just the who's who that has played such an, a, a role in Navy football over the years. I mean, obviously yourself and so many others like you just named.
2: Yeah, it, it 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 truly was. Besides, you know, the, those guys, uh, Chet Moeller, uh, who was a senior when I came in as a freshman, first-team All-American consensus, um, incredible defensive back slash linebacker. You know, I played with Hall of Fame guys like Harry Carson and Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. I, I got hit by guys like Kenny Easley and Ronnie Lott, but nobody was as tough as Chet Moeller. <laughs> and um uh real thrilled to be with him also Friday night.
1: What did coach Welch mean to you? Because, you know, as I mentioned, gave you that opportunity to, to come to the Naval Academy and uh, that chance to that, that, you know, that, that dream to play college football and, you know, get that uh, scholarship that your you know, your father I know worked so hard and, you know, to, you know, to put you through school, but the the opportunity that coach Welch ultimately extended, you know, his hand for you to become part of that Navy family. What, what did he mean to you?
2: Well, He he meant so much that it's not a day goes by that I don't utilize um, some of his uh, theories and his mantras. And Mm -hmm. one great mantra he always had is you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And that that phrase didn't mean a lot to an 18-year-old immature little punk like me at the time. But (laughs) as time went on, I realized what he really meant, you know, how hard you have to work. And no matter what you did yesterday, it doesn't matter. You can get beat today or tomorrow if you don't put in the same or more effort. Um, and, you know, I, that, that stays with me every day of my life. You're either getting better or you're getting worse at every phase of your life, your business, uh, your family. So it's something that I've taken heed of, you know, for over 40 years. And um, it's been it was a very valuable lesson for me and very valuable experience to be with George. And I'm forever indebted.
1: Wow, what is one of the things? Do you, do you do you go back and remember? You know, you shared last year with us. You know, some about being recruited. But uh, w- when you were you know having this opportunity to come to Navy in, in visit and visit and meet with the coaches, w- what do you remember before you got to Navy a- about Coach Welch meeting him and in in the, the interactions you guys had?
2: Well, the funny part was just uh, Assistant Coach Rick, Rick Lance was uh, scouting or uh, recruiting Western New York where I went to high school, right. Uh, came to visit with me, and, you know, uh, we didn't have any money. So uh, it came in, and football scholarships uh, were pretty thin back then. So it was either uh, West Point or Annapolis for me. And he was being coy, and he called George and said, I got a kid that's pretty good. This team never lost a game, but he's really small. And George said, how small is he? And and, uh, Rick Lance told him, well, he's 145 pounds. And George said, can you run? And Rick (laughs) said, yeah. And then George said, well, bring him in. Yeah, we'll take it we'll take a small guy that can run so that was my uh my uh and then my first conversation with him was I don't care how big you are I just care how big your heart is and so I knew at that point I'd have an opportunity to prove myself and I did
1: again we're talking with Phil McConkey, Navy football great played wide receiver and then went on to play in the National Football League for several seasons now president of Academy Securities um Phil, what you know when you think about the times and that you guys and I say battle loosely because obviously you served in the field like so many other graduates. But what do you remember, maybe from some of the battles that you guys fought together on the practice, whether it be the practice field or you know in games? Something in particular about Coach Welch when it came to the heat of the moment, the practice, the competitions. Well,
2: I think what he did, uh, he wore on us for three years. He taught us. Uh, valuable lesson by the time we got to be seniors and the leaders of the team uh we took ownership uh, he gave us responsibility a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. and the team you know is the same whether it's in business or sports or in the military and we knew the importance of making sure everyone understood their position uh what their responsibilities were but more importantly that they were important you know the 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 Guy, the lowest guy. I was a punt returner in the NFL, lowest job uh, on the spectrum. Yeah. But but Bill Parcells and Belichick and Lawrence Taylor made me feel as important as any one of them. Right. Uh, and that could that makes you get the most out of your team. You know, I was a pilot of a helicopter in the Navy. Yeah, I was the guy at the controls. But you know, the mechanics that that were fixing that aircraft were as important as I was to the mission mm-hmm. because. I didn't do uh, my job we could crash burn and die and if that person who was you know fixing that aircraft maintaining that aircraft didn't do their job you know we could crash burn and die yep. so the whole mission is dependent upon everyone everyone needs to feel important because everyone on a team is important
1: that's incredible. Uh, just sharing the, that that kind of story uh, about Coach Welch and you know what, how the importance and he made you feel. And one thing I'm curious, and sometimes maybe maybe it's overblown or talked about too much. I personally don't think it is. And you know I'm curious what you think because you know somebody like especially like right now, Troy Calhoun. You know he's an Air Force Academy graduate, played at Air Force, and now is getting the chance obviously to coach his alma mater out there in Colorado Springs. But you know Coach Welch, being a former Navy player, having gone through the Academy, then coming back and, and certainly being the head coach in at, at, at Annapolis before that legendary career, too, uh, at the University of Virginia. But, you know, what I guess really, what is it that a, a, that a coach who has gone through the type of things you go through, um, you know, as a midshipman? How important is that, or, or maybe what value what value does that give to the players for a coach who understands who has been through the rigors of a day of a midshipman playing college football? That's obviously we know, unlike any other college athlete anywhere else.
2: I think it's a it's a challenge. It helps a lot that someone like that understands what you go through, but it doesn't make him it didn't make him any less demanding on mm-hmm. us. Yeah, he understood, but you know when we got to run sprints or we got to uh, execute the assignments, um, it didn't matter uh, to him. There was no excuse. It was just at the like at the Naval Academy, as a plebe, you have five responses to any questions: uh, yes sir, no sir, aye aye sir, I'll find out sir, and no excuse sir. So you know on the football field it was the same thing: no excuse sir. You know. You know, maybe you didn't get as much sleep and you're studying, you know, you're taking all these different subjects and you got all your military duties and obligations, but if you screw up on the practice field, you well, know, it's no excuse, sir. And he I'll be accountable. Um, yeah, he did know what you're going through, but he was still, you know, extremely demanding. Um but he was also, you know, extremely intelligent. Uh, I remember coaches saying, uh opposing coaches saying that they were intimidated because they knew that George was smarter than they were. I think Uh, Coach Curry
1: once said that, so I found that to be very interesting. All right, Phil, you know, Coach Coach Forzano obviously preceded Coach Welch, you know, at the Naval Academy. And, you know, while you played for Coach Welch, I'm sure that probably the spirit was just so high with, you know, Coach Forzano in the room on Friday night. What were some of the, you know, stories and tales, maybe one in particular that you heard or maybe something you learned about Coach Forzano that maybe you didn't know prior to that?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing that I learned was he had a, you know, really big personality and he was a great recruiter, Um, you know, listening to Roger Staubach and Admiral Tom Lynch tell Mm -hmm. the story of, you know, how he recruited them um, and how much of a difference it was, you know, because of, uh, you know, those abilities. And then, you know, when he went on to the Detroit Lions, you know, understanding that he wanted great people to be assistant coaches and Bill Belichick was a 20 something year old, kid uh, who grew up at the Naval Academy and you know he hired Bill Belichick as a 20-something year old tight ends coach mm-hmm. so he saw you know um, the greatness in Bill Belichick probably before anyone else so that just goes to show you what a great judge of character he was
1: absolutely as we begin wrapping up with Phil McConkey again former Navy wide receiver went on to the National Football League now with American Securities as is, is the president check them out Academy Securities dot com and, and Phil you know before you left town I'm I, I'm guessing I'm sure that you probably got a chance to watch some of Navy's 45 to to seven victory over Holy Cross um you know in town I I don't think you probably got out before getting to see a little bit of football on Saturday just give me your thoughts on on Navy's season opener against Holy Cross
2: well they played well I know that they got to retool and get back the basics and you know it was an impressive outing but you know, the competition's going to get uh, you know, much tougher, and it's something that they need to build on um, if they're gonna, you know, win games uh, as they go down the road in their conference and the Notre Dame's and the armies of the world. So it was a good start, but hell of a lot more to go.
1: Yeah, I understand. And finally, uh, before we let you go, Phil, any chance that you had to, you know, talk with Coach Ken Nimatololo and you know, did you guys get to talk about, uh, you know, Coach Frazano or Coach Welch, you know, while you were in town?
2: Uh, not this trip, you know, I've had conversations with him in the past, especially about George Welsh, but um, Friday night uh, he was a little busy yeah. for their game on Saturday, so I didn't have a chance to see him.
1: I, I guess uh, we'll end with this. Uh, you know, the, I'm sure the spirit in that room was, you know, again, it just seemed like it was epic. I think, I mean, that's the, the the perfect word for it while I wasn't there, you know, hearing so much about, you know, all the different, you know, the icons, people like yourself, I mean, the personalities that have, made Navy football what it is over the years, you know, what is the one thing when you got on the plane to head back to, to San Diego and just kind of reflect on the weekend, you know, you know, you mentioned Epic a little bit earlier, you know, what was just the spirit that you took away as you headed home after the weekend and, and that just incredibly special night, Friday night?
2: Well, I think, you know, we all recognized, and when I say we, you know, there were Navy football players there, from the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s 2000s 2010 so it was you know something that i don't know will ever be replicated again um and uh when we were there you know we felt the energy the enthusiasm Mm -hmm. you know and the pride uh and the brotherhood you know that's uh um, something now that I, I'm honored to be a member of. It's the Navy Football Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't matter if you played in the 50s, 60s, or you know, you just got done playing last year, or the current guys. you know, We're all the same. It's a brotherhood. You know, we're old enough to be grandfathers to some of the kids. Um, there's a common bond there that we all share, and uh, we all want to support each other.
1: Well, Phil, we can't uh, thank you enough for a few minutes of your time today. I'm honored to to have the chance to to connect with you once again, uh, second season in a row, and you know, especially to reflect on what was a special night, Friday night in Annapolis. Just thank you so much again for your time, and you know, always really appreciate what you do.
2: Well, um, I'm I'm always uh, honored and happy to take part, and you know, with what you guys do there, and uh, you know, to all the uh, active duty uh, members of the military, all the veterans. Um, you know that that listen and watch. Um, you know I'm in all of you, and I'm in all of your service. And uh, you know you all are. We all owe you an extreme debt, and I just want to wish you all the best of luck uh, while you're active duty and as you transition out. So all the best. Thank you.
1: Wow, what a great way to end it. An incredible message there from Phil McConkey Again, the former Navy wide receiver, graduated the academy in 79. But as he was playing uh, wide receiver for the mids there in that final season for Coach Welch, that historic 1998 season, one that really kind of helped turn Naval Academy around under Coach Welch is that 78 team. Uh, Posted a nine and three record his senior season, including that twenty three to sixteen epic comeback against Jim McMahon and the BYU Cougars in the Holiday Bowl. As Phil McConkey then went on to serve as a helicopter pilot in the U.S. Navy, and then, as he mentioned, he told the story last year. I'll have to put a link out to it again, but you know how he decided to, at twenty seven years old, after giving his service of five years, wanting to try out to be an NFL uh, rookie and to become a punt returner and play wide receiver and and to play in the National Football League. So uh, just some really uh, incredible stories that he shared with us today and also last year. So appreciate Phil McConkey, the former Navy great, now president of Academy Securities, for joining us. But when we come back, we got much more right here on Episode 4, Season 3 of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football.
0: The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy football. Here again is Price Atkinson. You know, it sounds strange to only talk about
1: one game uh, to look ahead to in the second week of the season, but that's exactly what we've got is Air Force and Navy both off in week two. But the one game we have, it is a biggie, and it is a biggie at the big house. That big house, obviously, as you know, is... Michigan Stadium in Ann Arbor, the home of the seventh-ranked Michigan Wolverines as the Army Black Knights hit the road to take on Jim Harbaugh's team in a game at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time that will be broadcast live on Fox with Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, Jenny Taft on the call. Certainly you can hear the game on the Army Sports Radio Network through the TuneIn app or at GoArmyWestPoint.com. You know, it's a game uh, for Army. We certainly know the kind of scare they can put into a nationally ranked opponent. The first one that they will face since the number five thriller, excuse me, against the number five Oklahoma Sooners in that overtime thriller last season. But Army heading to Michigan, and this what will be the tenth all-time meeting between the two schools, first since 1962. And believe it or not, the Army Black Knights do hold a 5-4 to advantage in the series. So uh, this game, uh, Jim Harbaugh talked earlier this week about wanting to try and even this season up. Uh, this will be the sixth meeting between the two schools when Michigan has been ranked in the top ten. The Wolverines coming off a 40-21 win over visiting Middle Tennessee State last week. It'll be interesting uh, as the defense held uh, the Blue Raiders to just 67 yards rushing and 301 yards of total offense. And Don Brown's defense, one of the top defensive coordinators in college football, he's going to have his hands full. We know that Shea Patterson can sling it. He can spin it through for over 200 yards. Last week, a finalist for the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. Last year and up for several awards this year, but that Michigan defense in Don Brown's unit going to be tested. Here's what Jim Harbaugh had to say at his weekly press conference, as he knows that this prep that they have been preparing for this game for several weeks, going back to the spring.
3: You know, this is something that's been on, on our mind a long time. You know, we've been uh, been preparing for it, as I said before. Um, you know, all Don's extra time, uh, he's created time, uh, and now it's. Uh, almost every day, you know, it's going back to um, to uh, spring practice. Uh, you know, not taking away from the time of you know, preparing for the, the league games uh, in the opener, but creating extra time. Um, and now full time this week to prepare for Army. So uh, it's, it's a great challenge. Uh, you know, they're a heck of a football team, 11 and 2 last year, won their opener, uh, won their bowl game by. Uh, lopsided margin, and uh, you know, have a unique style on offense, which is uh, very, very effective. So, uh, yeah, we're kind of, kind of, you know, excited to play the game for the challenge of it. And um, historically, you know, they're they're five and four ahead of us, so we'd like to even that up. There
1: you heard Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan Wolverines head coach. Boy, a dangerous opponent coming to Michigan uh, on Saturday. Again, a 12 noon Eastern Standard Time kickoff from the big house as the Black Knights going to put a 10-game winning streak on the line dating back to last season against the Michigan Wolverines. Should be a fun one. Cannot wait to see how this one plays out. All right, when we come back, we are going to have our weekly... Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll. You don't want to miss it. It's how we wrap up every episode of the podcast, honoring a fallen service member who has given the ultimate sacrifice to our country. The T- Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll. It's coming up next. You know, the Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment, my favorite segment that we do every week here because is the time that we take to step back and remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice for our country and you know their families doing so much in local communities across the country in conjunction with the Travis Manion Foundation as they are making a difference in the lives of so many others. Who have, under, who have gone through some of the similar things that so many families that have lost loved ones while serving our country uh, at home or abroad. And this week, we're going to take that step back uh, to remember Lance Corporal Shane Harris of the United States Marine Corps, a native of Las Vegas, New Mexico, who was 23 when he gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country on September the 3rd, 2006, while conducting combat operations in the Al-Anbar province of Iraq. And he was assigned to the 3rd Light Armored Reconnaissance Battalion out of the 1st Marine Expeditionary Force out of 29 Palms, California. And Lance Corporal Harris, who came home, graduated high school in in 2001, uh, attended Ozark Christian College, was a volunteer firefighter before enlisting in the Marine Corps in February of 2005. And, you know, his father... Pat Harris, Shane's father, wrote in an application to the Travis Manion Foundation quote, Shane lived a lifetime in 23 years. He was a gunsmith, firefighter, ski patrol hunter, fisherman and carpenter. He loved backpacking and working in the high country where he helped build houses and did log work. He loved to climb the, to the top of 60 foot trees and top them for logging. He loved his family and his Lord. And he would build a home for a family who would never who had never had a home. We will let the people know that because of Shane's sacrifice, we are there to help them, end quote. That's Shane Harris's father, Pat, writing in an application to the Travis Manion Foundation. And the Travis Manion Foundation ultimately awarded the grant to the Harris family that empowered them to travel to Guatemala and build a house for a family in need in 2012. And Shane's challenge has become an annual trip for the Harris family, family as they invite other families fallen to join them and build homes to honor their heroes and continue the healing process where you can read more at travismanion.org about some of those trips that they have embarked on and as he's remembered by Shane Harris is remembered by and survived by his parents Pat and Carol his brother Logan and his wife Rebecca his other brother Ryan and his wife Lauren along with sister Tiffany and her husband. Andrew and Shane's brother Ryan attends all the TMF expeditions to capture them on, on film and video, um, and he was able to attend the 2014 Survivor Summit expedition to capture the journey of eleven surviving wives, fiancés, and girlfriends. And you know, as I mentioned, Pat, his father, in that application, here's the words of, of Pat Harris talking about what the Travis Manion Foundation means to him and his family in helping through them through the healing process. With other families who have gone through the similar same things.
0: The reason we got involved with Travis Mannion is we build houses in honor of our son Shane Harris that killed in Iraq. We build them in Guatemala and war is, and it's helped me know that because of what we're doing, Shane is remembered. Other people get to glimpse a tiny bit of how much we love Shane because we do love them. When we get together, and our trips are, Travis Mannion are special because we're, we're with a group of people who understand what we're going through. They understand what we've been through and they understand what we're going through. And we can help each other. And again,
1: that's Pat Harris, father of Shane Harris, Lance Corporal Shane Harris. Of the united states marine corps a native of las vegas new mexico who gave the ultimate sacrifice on september the 3rd 2006 and it's the time we take this step back to remember our heroes who have put their lives on the line and that are serving in places around the world right now and here at home but to those who have given the ultimate sacrifice we say thank you you are never forgotten
0: travis manion foundation unites communities to strengthen america's national character by empowering veterans and families of fallen heroes to develop and lead future generations. Through their 9-11 Heroes Run 5K race series, TMF unites communities across the country and around the world to honor the sacrifices of September 11th and the wars since. Register to run, walk, or ruck at a race near you, or as a virtual runner by visiting 911heroesrun.org.
1: All right, that's going to about wrap up Episode 4, Season 3, Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. I can't thank you enough for tuning in uh, this week, as you do hopefully every single week and have done so since Season 1. You know, we are the first Service Academy football podcast on the block, and we keep on ticking because you all are listeners in Season 3. Thank you so much for keeping us ticking as we do this once a week, Army, Navy, and Air Force You know, if you like what we do, I say it every single week, but would love to have you subscribe, have it delivered right to your smartphone, your laptop, wherever you listen to podcasts every single week. Uh, You can certainly go to Apple Podcasts, search Yards and Stripes right there. If you're an Android user, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, several other ways where you can listen to uh, Yards and Stripes every single week. Just go into the browser uh, of your favorite podcast app, search Yards and Stripes uh, and hit subscribe. And certainly if you're on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher one of the others, you can give us a rating. But on Apple Podcasts, one through five stars, would love five, we'll take four. We'll take whatever you want to give us because it is the ratings that make it easier for uh, for others to find, especially if you're an Army, Navy or a college football fan in general. Subscribing but rating the podcast there on Apple Podcasts makes it a lot easier for others to find, and it takes only just a couple clicks. You can also share what you like, what you don't like. I'll take any and all feedback you've got uh, for the podcast right there on Apple Podcast Would love, like I said, five stars. But you know what? Be honest. Let me know. You can also let me know by visiting yardsandstripes.com. Certainly give us a follow on social media, too at Yards and Stripes on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, give us a follow right there. You know, push out a link every single week, several links uh, to the podcast so you can get it right there as well. Uh, but I really just want to thank everybody, uh, certainly our, our partner this season, the Travis Mannion Foundation, for partnering with us with, us, with the TMF Roll. You know, Derek, Tina, certainly Ryan Mannion herself who uh, keeps the day-to-day uh, – workings of TMF going um, in in the name of her brother, Travis, um, that several people I'm sure right now listening, like myself, knew him well. Uh, But also want to thank Phil McConkey our guest this week, the former Navy great wide receiver, and then played as a punt returner in the National Football League for several seasons, including catching that uh, touchdown pass in the, to the in the uh, Super Bowl 21 with is a member of the New York Giants, so really appreciate Phil McConkey Had him last season, but really this week, uh, just can't thank him enough for what he shared in remembering two Navy legends in terms of head coaches, that being his coach George Welch and the late Rick Forzano, who passed away earlier this year. Uh, but we'll remember last Friday night in Annapolis in what was just a star-studded affair. Uh, who's who of Navy football that came together uh, before the opener against Holy Cross to, to honor and celebrate the lives of Coach Welsh and Coach Forzano. So really appreciate Phil uh, get sharing some of the stories and what the night was like there at uh, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium honoring two legends. But we will do this again next week. Episode 5 will be coming at you. We will recap Army at Michigan can't wait to see how that one plays out uh, but also if you are in the way or in the path of Hurricane Dorian I hope you all uh, find higher ground find shelter find safety uh, just hope everybody stays safe out there this weekend is hopefully we most of us can get through the weekend if you are anywhere near Dorian's path uh, unscathed but wherever you are doesn't matter uh, just stay safe out there uh, be kind to one another and as we get ready to do it again next week we will do it but for price atkinson myself thank you for listening i can't wait to be with you all again next week as we talk more service academy football right here on yards and stripes
0: To get more on all things Service Academy Football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And as always, you can subscribe to Yards and Stripes on iTunes and Stitcher. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football.